I've been sleeping on the sidewalk. Yeah. Rolling down the road. Hey, guys. What is happening? Hey. <laughs> I'm excited today. It's a queen deep dive day. Yes. And I was just singing today's number. I'm excited to talk about this song today. Actually, this is one of those that doesn't get a lot of chatter around it at all. And as I was doing some research, because before I started digging very deeply into this song, I assumed the sentiment around it would be similar to a previous Brian May composition, which is from the boy's fourth album, A Night at the Opera, and it is the song Good Company which a lot of people criticize as the album's lowest point and a very, I've, I've read words like boring, uninspired, doesn't make sense, doesn't fit, etc. But what people don't know is, and you can go back and listen to that episode in detail if you want, but essentially the TLDR version is that song was entirely created instrumentally on Brian May's guitar using various pedal effects. So it's amazing when you consider that simple fact. So I was thinking, because this is also a Brian May number, that people might feel the same way about this song. Because it's, I don't want to say people find it kind of uninspired or lackluster, but there's definitely that sentiment that it's not like this huge standout piece on Queen's album, News of the World. Even I can say that, that in the grand scheme of things, this song is not something that immediately jumps out at you. It's not something that you kind of go, wow. But what's cool about this song is the way it was recorded, the way it was performed, and the rarity of it on a tour set list. And we're going to go into all of that today. Very exciting. This is dive number 64, track number eight on Queen's sixth album, News of the World. Of course, we're in the year 1977. This is full on Rockin' Blues by Brian May, guitarist, pianist, vocalist, etc. Also, astrophysicist, Dr. Brian May. This is... Sleeping on the sidewalk. I love this song. It, it really, I think because I like to sing jazz and bluesy things, it's just fun to me. Rolling down the road. Yeah, yeah. I just love it. it it's, it's fun to jazz along to this number. And of course, we're coming right after Queen's very charged get down, make love. So many interesting turns in styles on this album. I talked about it when I summarized News of the World. We are not in a very strict theme at all. We are veering all over the place, which is wonderful because we never know what we're going to get. And here, it's very rockin' blues. We are at 130 beats per minute in a 4-4 shuffle beat. And we have some interesting beats here. We have a hemiola beat, which is kind of like a triplet arrangement. Now, the average person's not going to notice this. But if you go into the sheet music, if you look at the arrangement, you can clearly see that we have this variation in the beats, in the feel, in the flow of the rhythms, so to speak. 
We are in a bluesy or mixolydian kind of like B major. This is also referred to as a kind of a blue bent third. We've got bass with a major third, guitar with a minor third. And Brian, as the vocalist, kind of shifts and bends between the major minor third. This is such a bluesy thing to do. And me personally, I love to glide into notes. So maybe that's one reason I like to sing this song, because there's a lot of that going on. And we're singing about a trumpet player who tastes the fleeting dream of success only to end up right back where he started. The perfect topic for this kind of jam. This is easily the bluesiest song Queen ever did, especially when you consider its origins and its creation. One of the quickest conceived with a lot of improvising and impromptu performance with the instruments, Brian's Sleeping on the Sidewalk is perfectly captured in its rough and storytelling state. The unrehearsed take or takes that resulted in this final track are a complete one-off treasure. There are noticeable mistakes on both bass and guitar here, but it creates a very genuine live performance in this song. Brian gives us very rough, American-tinged, burnt-out vocal delivery on both lead and all the backing vocals with simple bluesy inflections and a very tight range delivery. It creates an atmosphere that's incredibly appealing, singable, totally, and yes, memorable. Instrumentally, this is such a gem. So rough around the edges, John dancing up and down that blue scale, Brian joining in that fun with his addicting lyrical riffs, and Roger jiving on the drums. This absolutely showcases the guy's versatility, even when they're just rocking out for fun. Something about this song's roughness, its imperfect vibe, such a great and shiny shift in Queen's music. And I wish we had more like this in a way. And I suppose its rarity in performance makes it that special. I talk about that a lot. When the guys use instruments like the toy koto that you only hear once or twice, when the guys do something with their arrangements that you never hear again, when the guys do something with their voices that you never hear again, those are the kinds of things that make their songs so unique and such standouts. Even if there isn't anything, as I said, immediately impressive about this song. It just kind of sounds like a cool bluesy kickback song that you can rock out to and jam out to, but there's so much that makes this interesting and very, very cool. This was a live gem played only three times during Queen's classic lineup, all in 1977, and all in the span of a week of performances in the U.S. during the month of November. It was also played once in 2002 and in 2004. And Freddie takes this lead live. Those three performances in 77, he sang lead. His gruffness, the grit, the power, very Very different than Brian's laid-back groove. Not really better, just different. Some might say better. There's a lot of comments that some people prefer Freddie's delivery. 
They're just so different from each other. I don't know how you can really say one is better than the other. Freddie drifts into the higher octave, higher harmonies here and there. His voice almost makes it more rock, less blues, which I suppose some people prefer. Though the instrumental live is almost exactly like the album version. Just goes to show how live sounding that recording is and was when it was done. The guys all flower it up some though, of course. Roger rolls in riffs more often. Symbols, yes. Love me some more symbols live. Brian digs into his solos. There's more movement in the notes and more expression. John is consistently jiving, of course. <laughs> and perhaps the only big difference there on the bass is he nails the notes even more. Live, this was longer even more fun, more memorable, definitely heavier, definitely more energetic, and very much due to Freddie's vocal sharpness and his intensity, I would say. But yeah, this is the only song in Queen's entire catalog that was recorded in one take, instrumentally. Anyway, it's said the guys were simply messing around with no knowledge the tape was rolling, possibly. Though Brian himself has questioned this. But because of this approach, there's an authenticity, that roughness that works great with this song style, actually. And yes, we hear some wrong notes from John on bass and even Brian on guitar, but it's all good. It fits. It works, right? Because this is, I feel like because this sounds like a kickback jam session, it's even better that way. And no sign of Freddie here. Not on the album. Mm -mm. Brian sings in an American accent, even using the word bucks as opposed to the British pounds for currency reference. All vocals, lead and backing, yep, they are all by Dr. Brian May. And yes, there is a very, very faint laugh from our favorite guitarist and astrophysicist at the very end of this song. Brian's had some cool things to say about this. In the past, he said, quote, although I messed around with the take a lot and chopped it and rearranged it, it was basically the first take, which we used. It has that kind of sloppy feel that I think works with the song, which we never would have dreamed with the previous albums. We always used to work on the backing tracks until they were a million percent perfect. And if they weren't, we would splice together two, which were. We'd go to great lengths, but for this album, we wanted to get that spontaneity back in. And he told BBC Radio One that statement in 1983. Now, earlier, Brian and Freddie did an interview with Circus Magazine in 78, and Brian elaborated on News of the World's spontaneous feel, saying, quote, for example, with Sleeping on the Sidewalk, we did it in one take because it just seemed right the first time. We like to think of the album as a window on an unguarded moment, not a set piece. And I think this speaks to that kind of let's get back to our roots and just kick it and play approach they had with this album. If that's even true, I've talked before about how this album didn't have a theme, didn't have a goal. The guys were getting back to some basics a little bit more after the very elaborate sister albums of A Night at the Opera and A Day at the Races, of course. But really what we have here is the ultimate example of Queen kicking it. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But there's not a whole lot said about it. I mentioned that earlier. There is not a whole lot said about this song, good or bad. 
I couldn't find anything bad about this. No direct, obvious criticism. But yeah, not a lot said either way, actually. But I have seen some comments, praise here and there, scattered around if you look. The Valley News, specifically in their review for the entirety of News of the World, called this maze, quote, upbeat, bluesy rocker, unquote. I consider that a compliment, right? There was nothing bad to say about it. That was their simple statement about this song specifically. But fans, many do like this song, specifically because Brian delivers the lead. I've read tons of comments about him having a bluesy thing going on vocally. People like to point that out, that in a way, Brian's voice was kind of made for this. You know, Brian isn't... I've read the comment that because his voice isn't as trained, this suits him very well, this song. But I don't even think that's accurate because people specifically say it's not as trained as Freddie's. Well, newsflash, Freddie was basically self-taught. More than one occasion of, I think I've, I've read Roger say that. I think I've seen Brian say that too. When Freddie came in to Queen, or right around that time before he was in Queen, when they were still Smile, he was not as poised as a performer, as a vocalist. He had a voice, but he didn't really know how to temper it and use it yet. And it took time for that to develop. So he basically taught himself how to do that. So anyway, back to these statements about this song being suited for Brian because he is quote unquote, not as trained a vocalist. I just, maybe people just mean he's not at the forefront as a vocalist. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Brian is a lot less experienced as a vocalist, I suppose we could say. But is that even true? I mean, maybe Brian sings to himself all the time. Maybe on average, if you look at, you know, side by side, I'm getting way too granular here. I'm so sorry. But the whole point is that yes, Brian's voice sounds spectacular in this song. And a lot of people love to point that out. And I really can't even pick apart this song in its form, you know, in like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, because it kind of just, it, it does have structure. Of course, it's got kind of that typical bluesy song structure, but it feels like this one long session that is a lot of fun, a brief count-in. One, two, three. Then that hemiola beat. You almost don't even notice it. But that's the beauty of this brilliance and the smooth delivery of it. Seamless. Right away, I love the rough and tumble feel of this. Totally blues. Totally gritty. Bass on the left. Just a little bit. Just a smidge panned to the left. Guitar toward the right. Roger's drums surrounding us on all sides. It sounds like a live, right in front of you, all around you performance. That storytelling from Brian. I was nothing but a city boy. My trumpet was my only toy. Surrounded by Roger's simple accented shuffle. Simple, so effective. Attitude. Been sleeping on the sidewalk. Rolling down the road. You know what? My ears go to John on bass quite a bit. Up and down that scale, grooving away. I can picture him shuffling his feet to this in the studio. So much soul from everybody here. When Brian 
busts into that bridge, digging in with his voice. He sounds like he's having a good time. I played around as well as I was able. And soon we had the record of the year. And those solos, so different than the flying, lyrical, soaring arrangements from things like White Queen, as it began, or Love of My Life. But this is the brilliance, the the versatility of Brian and the boys. And with a story that brings our trumpet player back down to earth through this song, it fits right in with News of the World's angst and frustration, that coldness, right? This kind of chip on the shoulder attitude. The second bridge brings us back to reality. I love the lyrics here. Now they tell me that I ain't so fashionable. Such a great spin on words. And that I owe the man a million bucks a year. So I told him where to stick the fancy label. It's just me and the road from here. Yeah, this sounds easy. I don't mean simple, just easy, effortless. Like the guys picked up their instruments and were like, yeah, let's just play. <laughs> and maybe that's how this happened. Bust it out, lay down the vocals later, you know? However it happened. The transitions from verse to chorus to bridge and solos and back again, they're seamless. And the guys sound like a totally different band here. A huge contrast from Brian's other work, like The Prophet Song and White Man. Though perhaps it faintly echoes the blues of son and daughter. Sleeping on the Sidewalk is a piece perfectly placed on News of the World. I can't imagine it being at home on any other Queen album. It just fits. The vibe of it, again, the attitude of it, this this trumpet player singing about his rise and fall, you know, it just, it feels like it fits right in here. And I love it. I love Sleeping on the Sidewalk. And those live performances, you can listen to them on YouTube. Such a gem. I I know I talk about songs that the guys never perform live. And very often, I wish we had at least a handful of live performances. Well, here we have that. And it's said that this was kind of replaced by Dreamer's Ball live, right? Because Dreamer's Ball, the guys would all come downstage and sing it, perform it, in a much rougher, more improvised feel, a more intimate feel. And that's kind of what they did with Sleeping on the Sidewalk. I don't know that I would say Sleeping on the Sidewalk was replaced. I kind of feel like they just dropped it because maybe, I I don't know why they dropped it. And maybe they didn't want to play it anymore. Maybe it didn't get the response they wanted. They only played it in the States, but it does have that nod to American blues. And I'm sure that's why they threw it on the set list for those performances. But anyway. Lots of what ifs, lots of wondering. I'm so glad we had those performances. You gotta go listen to at least one because Freddie is worlds away from Brian when it comes to the vocals. And it almost, for me, as someone who's heard the album version so many times, it almost takes me out of it to hear Freddie sing the vocals. And again, it's not any better or worse. It's just such a contrast. And the guys are so consistent on the instrumental of it. You know, Brian and Roger and John with some additional licks and riffs and rolls and stuff thrown in there, but they're so consistent with it. It almost sounds like Freddie's, 
like he's singing a karaoke version. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that the guys are so great at performing the instrumental that it sounds like Freddie just picked up the backing track and is like in alone in the studio recording his own version of it. It's kind of cool that way, actually. So go listen to the live performance of Sleeping on the Sidewalk and tell me what you think. I'll be back again next time, and we're going to switch it up again. We went from super tense and moody and sexy, get down, make love, to this, sleeping on the sidewalk. And the next number is entirely different as well, and it's from our favorite bassist. I'm excited to talk about it. And I cannot believe you guys, just some context. This is overall episode 99 on my podcast, I think. I think I I gotta get up and look. Yeah, yeah, it's episode 99, you guys. What am I gonna do for my 100th episode? I've been thinking about it. Should I do something special? Should I, should I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll do some research, you guys. I feel like I should do something really cool for my 100th episode. Wow. I remember when I, hit my 50th. And I was, I did that whole how it started, how it's going thing. I can't believe that was 50 episodes ago. All right, guys, keep yourselves alive. And I will be back next time with a number that's going to spin us a totally different direction. Thank you, Mr. John Deacon. And I'm excited to dive into that one because honestly, I don't know that much about it. It's another one of those numbers that I don't think they ever performed it live and there's not a whole lot of sentiment around it. You know, I don't see a lot of people talk about it. It's one of those that's very deep in the guy's catalog. And I love talking about those numbers. It's one of the reasons I loved talking about so many songs from their earlier albums, because they're so deep in the catalog. You know, they're, they're not, they weren't as famous at the time. So unless you were a super hardcore fan, it was like you didn't know a lot about those songs. But yeah, I love digging into the deep tracks. I think I'm going to do a special episode dedicated to just my favorite super deep tracks. But that's going to be very subjective because nowadays people be like, oh, that's not deep. There's so many tracks that used to be deep tracks, but now they're on like greatest hits albums. So they don't really count as deep tracks. And I am totally rambling. So I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Anyway, you guys, have a great rest of your day, evening, morning. Kick it. Kick back to this number, sleeping on the sidewalk. It's a great one. And I'll be back again next time. <sighs> Kick it, you guys. Later. <laughs>